What's going on, Sarah? Hey, Luke. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Doing the grind, I guess, today. Amen. Amen. You and I both. Uh, yeah, Friday afternoon podcast recording. It doesn't get much uh, <laughs> more, more of a grind. Grindier than that. Yeah. You know, all the nine to five workers are probably just like you fuckers are just <laughs> lying. So yeah, it's funny. Thank you for uh, coming on the show though. I really appreciate you being here. Um, I'll give you a little intro before I let you do your little spiel. Ironically, we've live in the same city and we kind of just like found each other on Instagram or even through a shared mutual coach, Jordan, if you're listening to this, we appreciate you as well. Um, but it's just kind of fun. And I, I'm a huge fan of this community, obviously huge fan of this community. That's a weird way to say that, but I love this community. I love the people in it and you know, you're doing a lot of really awesome work and I thought it'd be fun to just kind of shoot the shit here for a little bit. And, um, um, just kind of talk about like women's health and lifting and all the things that you do really well that, uh, I think we could have a good conversation around. So with that being said, give your little spiel for the people who don't know you, how you got to fitness, like where you're at now, who you help, anything that comes to mind, but we'll kind of go from there. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. And I totally agree. Cool to meet virtually, even though we're in the same city and yeah, shout out to Jordan for sure. So cool. Um, well, so I'm Sarah. I am a mama four first. I have a fitness and business nutrition. Um, I also am a surrogate mom to one. Um, I coach women only, um, in person here locally at a gym, uh, called stimulus. And it's actually in sparks, our kind of sistering city. And then, um, I like to hybrid work. So I also do a lot of remote work, started with just nutrition coaching at the beginning of the year, even though I'm both a certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach through NASM. And, um, just, you know, as things progress, the two are totally blended together. You can't, I don't think for most women, particularly postpartum with women that I work with predominantly, um, are going to fully reach definitely like aesthetic goals without both, um, health goals, certainly nutrition, I think is a big driving indicate factor in there, you know, and I could coach through steps and stuff like that, but anyhow, so here I have arrived to doing both, which I personally love both, um, my journey into fitness. I didn't grow up being active of any kind, uh, real. I mean, I played outside. I won't, I, maybe I won't disclose my age. No, just kidding. I'm 39. And, um, but we didn't have cell phones when I was a kid. So we did play outside, grew up in Vegas in the pool all the time, but, um, I didn't play like organized sports or anything really. Um, I, you know, grew up band nerd, didn't do gymnastics or dance or anything, but, uh, found fitness after my fourth was born and she was about nine months. And I actually had gained back every pound. Um, I had lost, I usually lose everything by six weeks. And then I just slowly, all my pregnancies bring back on weight, um, through breastfeeding, you know, a, just something some women go through hunger cues are higher, stress is higher, all kinds of things, sleeps lower, right? Um, now things I know now, um, but, and I just didn't feel in my normal skin. Like I didn't feel like myself anymore. I was 30. I knew she was the last baby. So, um, started moving 30 minutes a day and then it kind of just bled into, you know, you kept going, Oh, well, I could maybe make 20 minutes for that here and there over the years. And now it's almost eight years later and I never quit. And so some really cool stuff's happened. And I, I did have a fifth pregnancy in this eight years and pandemic, which all of us made it through <laughs> So, and started a business, all kinds of wild stuff. Um, so now my kids are 14, 12, 10 and eight, three boys and one girl. And then I have a almost four-year-old surrogate baby. That's not my baby. He's actually my kid's second cousin though. So that's kind of cool. Jeez. We get to see him. Yeah, that's incredible. And that's a lot, you know, like <laughs> you're like one kid can do a number on your body. So two, three, four, five is, is insane. So, um, I, I, mentioning, you mentioned a couple things, but the thing that pointed out to me was like your path towards where you got today is a very untraditional in today's type of like fitness community, uh, nutrition community, meaning, Hey, maybe like it wasn't 
on the forefront of your thought throughout your whole life, right? And maybe you got to this point now where you had four or five kids, you didn't feel like yourself, you didn't feel super great. You found that, hey, moving more maybe felt a little bit better and that kind of dominoed maybe into where you're at today. For um, sure. I say that it's untraditional because usually a lot of people that I find have always thought about their body, have always thought about trying to be active, have always like been in the mindset of like dieting as they've grown up. Right. And then kind of gets to this tipping point where maybe what they've done forever hasn't worked super well, or maybe they're still unsatisfied or they want something else. And it just, it takes more effort, attention, maybe working with somebody, maybe broadening your horizons or, or diving into the research and just figuring stuff out yourself. But a lot of times people have this experience where it's always been a part of their life, fitness and working out, but it's, it's amazing to see that like, Hey, some people like just find it later on in life and that's fucking fine too. But as long as we find totally. it, I think it's really important and it's never too late. Like you, yeah, maybe not lifting and being shredded when you were twenties, like cool. Like some people do that great, but like starting at 30 or 40, I was, yeah, I was pregnant my entire (laughs) twenties. So I had a baby at 24, 26, 28 and 30. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and to be fair, I, I didn't grow up fit. I did run a full marathon before I had my first kid, but it was not fast. It was like a fundraiser one. But, and I definitely had like a, you know, grew up in a time where women only went to the cardio section. So I spent some time in the cardio section, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, it was never there. It was not a part of my life. It was like, I did it for a couple months and then didn't do it. I wouldn't say it was like my identity by any means before, before it became my whole lifestyle, identity, passion, career, hobby, you know, all of it. So Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sure. you said something too, kind of between kids, when you were having your kids, uh, you mentioned that, you know, I would get back down to maybe my pre-pregnancy weight or cut back a little bit on, you know, the weight that I had gained from that pregnancy. I'm curious if you feel comfortable sharing, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Here, but like what was, what was kind of the mindset behind that? Was that something that, you know, cause as, as women, like that's huge in today's society, totally. you know, this whole, like, uh, kind of back. Back, that culture. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm curious if you felt that at some level, even not having been super immersed in the fitness space or quote unquote, super fit before you had your kids, Yeah, maybe how that shaped, maybe, you know, having kids and then even where you're at today, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, so I would say, uh, before I got married in 2006, that was like the one time I was kind of consistent with working out and I got down really low numbers, like in weight. And I mean, I, I did hold some dumbbells. They were probably eights <laughs> and I did a lot of bicep curls. Cause I was like, this is the only part of your body that's in pictures. And I might have to look at these for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> um, but I spent a lot of time doing cardio and not eating as well. And, um, so I think after, well, couple things, I do think, uh, genetics plays a ton into pregnancy weight gain more than I think people in the even fitness and nutrition want to admit because my four pregnancies, I wasn't really active in. I walked when you have three kids and you're pregnant, you're, you're pretty active, you know, but I, all five of them, the fifth pregnancy as a surrogate is the only one I was lifting weights spin running a little bit. And I gained between 22 and 26 for all five pregnancies. So I want to acknowledge that like, I, that was picked for me when I was in my mother's womb. I don't think that I hugely controlled it. You know? Yeah. I didn't maybe overeat to excess. I wasn't sick. There was a lot of things that go into that. So yeah, basically I would be pregnant, have a baby, And when you only gain those smaller numbers by six weeks and you're breastfeeding full time in those first six weeks, you're also really not eating because you're in survival mode. Um, particularly with your first, it, it just like kind of falls off. You know, you lose all that water, weight, blood, your, you know, the placenta so much, the baby. And then, um, and then yeah, just over time in the nine or 12 months or 15 months that I would breastfeed your, you know, hunger cues are high, like again, sleep. And so I would just slowly, gradually gain the weight back after most, uh, I think my three boys more like 10 pounds, maybe 13 pounds, but my daughter, it was all of it was 
pretty well back on by probably even six months. And I just didn't feel right. Like, you know, I weighed the same that I weighed delivering four kids. So it was just clothes weren't fitting right. And it is, so it was probably, it was definitely like driven by like, okay, some insecurity I would say, or like shame, but, um, but also I, it was different than my other kids because you're not necessarily always in that closure mindset and you know, you're going to gain weight again. Um, but we knew like, this is the last. So, so anyway, it was definitely like, I got to do something because I am young. It was also like, I'm young. I should do something. I've got these kids now, you know, yeah. multi multifaceted, so layered, I think for women. Yep. You said it, man. There's just an infinite amount of confounding variables that even you just described too, right? Like fourth, fifth pregnancy. I mean, going through more than one pregnancy alone, I would say is a, is a big feat in totally. a really cool thing that our body or not ours, but you know, women's bodies can do. Um, so that alone is just something that is going to influence. Yeah. Like you said, hormone levels, like body fat, like where you were before that pregnancy, totally. where you ended it. Um, even just a, um, your environment and you mentioned genetics too. Uh, we can kind of circle back around that later and yeah. kind of have on our list, but, um, yeah, I'm happy you brought those all up because some people don't, you know, experience the best pregnancies, right? Like maybe they gain five, 10, 20 more pounds than maybe what they were projected to, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, a textbook might've said they would have. And, and unfortunately, like some people just don't get belt or dealt the best hands. And not to say that like, that is going to decide whether or not you're going to be successful in the future, but that's the reality of that. Hey, some people are playing this game. It may be a harder level, you know? So, um, acknowledging that is important, but, um, you kind of said something at, after the fifth pregnancy, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't feel like yourself, like maybe weights, sure. Maybe was in a, in a range, but just didn't feel good. Didn't feel maybe super confident. Um, would that, was that the impetus almost to kind of like start taking fitness a little bit more seriously, start to change the way you approach your nutrition? Like what was kind of the clicking moment? Would you say to just kind of start to like develop a new identity and new routine around your exercise and your health and maybe how that changed? Yeah, it was after my fourth. And then, and so I had the fifth as a surrogate, when my fourth was around four years old. So I was already pretty immersed in fitness and nutrition by the time I had that pregnancy. But so after my, like in my head, I'm thinking this is the last, I will never be pregnant again. At this time, I had no idea I was going to be a surrogate. So, um, on it, honestly, I mean, it was just the size of my body. Like things didn't feel right. It was hard to move. I, was tired all the time. I mean, at that time I was probably drinking a pot of coffee during the morning. And then I worked a little bit part-time at a restaurant, but I was predominantly home with my kids. I'd hit Starbucks or whatever human being and get a double shot on my way there. And I just was like, this isn't normal. So I, what I committed to at the time I was doing like beach body at home, I did a 25 minute video and I just, the way I dove in was like, I'm going to do this five days for a year. Doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to make an excuse, but at the time I was like, I will not be doing weekends. So for me, it was Monday through Friday and I made it work. Sometimes my kids were screaming. I did couple it with whether you agree or not, but whatever, you know, now my daughter's eight, she's great. But, um, I coupled it with sleep training, which is actually really, really hard but I would put her down for a nap. She'd be screaming for a while and I would blow my 25 minutes. And by the time my 25 minutes was up one, I wasn't as anxious. Um, but also, um, she was asleep and, you know, and it was different than like, I have definitely kind of done that, but you're like just sitting there willing them through the monitor, like go to sleep. (laughs) But it was like, I was moving my body. And I was like, if I don't do this, I was also a fourth time mom at this time. So like you get to this point as you have more children where you realize like my mental health has to take priority over a crying baby because they could be crying for any reason that even I may not be able to solve this problem. And I'm not, hopefully this doesn't ruffle too many feathers, but, um, anyway, that's just, it kind of just got, gets to be as you have more children and they're really close together. You have a lot of moments in your day where not everybody's needs can even be physically met, 
you know, one kid needs your help on the toilet. The other kid needs help in the high chair, but you're one person and there's four of them. One needs to be breastfed by these other two already need this other, you know, the other one's getting into something naughty in the living room or whatever, you know, pulling on a cord, let's say. So you just get anyway. So you kind of get, you grow in that area of like, it's okay. I'm still a good mom. If, if I'm, you know, using this time, but then they all four napped at the same time. Once I got through that first week and I just kept going and I'd have to adjust, you know, I'd have to look at my days and be like, I have to do this at nine today, which I didn't love at that time. I only usually did things around one o'clock in the afternoon when majority of them were like going down for a nap or, or my oldest actually was in kindergarten. So he might've been like still in school, but it was like, and the other three would take a nap. So, um, you know, you kind of have to will that in your, to your life when you have that many little kids. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just, uh, I want to validate you in the sense that like, you know, your experience is your experience and, and moms do the fucking best that they can given whatever situation. For sure. And, um, like my wife and I, we don't even fucking have kids yet, but man, we see like the mom shaming and the opinion and all the uh, best practices or what other people did. Like people are just kind of like, uh, in this mindset of like, Oh, you have this, like, let me tell you what I've done. So, you know, for it. And I just, uh, the reason I say that is because this is a safe space. Like you bring up the concept of you having a coach. (laughs) I think that's fucking awesome. I had a infant sleep coach on the podcast not too long ago. Oh yeah. Um, who's incredible. Um, so I'm a huge advocate and like, like yourself, right. Even relating this to your fitness story. Now you just did what you could. Right. And if it was 20 minutes of beach body for five days a week for a full year, like that's what yeah. got you in the door. Right. And that's what helped you maybe graduate to the next level and to be able to explore something else, but like getting your foot in the door, just doing something is always going to be better than doing nothing. And, um, I appreciate you sharing that. Cause you can realize that, Hey, there's a lot of things to balance and fitness might not always be the biggest priority, even though people say stay at home moms, like what else are you doing? Like they're doing a ton throughout the day, you know, so like they're lucky if they can even like go to the bathroom in peace most days. So for sure. That concept is wild. I remember when my oldest was six weeks old being like, remember when I thought I would like have my body back and like be doing everything. And all I could do is still sit on the couch all day and just like hold this person and like, you were like debilitated. So, um, and I will say you actually, Jordan and I talked about this. Um, my oldest was born in 2009. So this is digital camera time. There was no Pinterest. There was only Facebook. There was no Instagram Instagram. I did get, um, when I, my second was uh, like maybe six months old. And my first Instagram name was actually love my boys. And cause I only had, I was a boy mom. And, uh, anyway, it's just kind of a funny journey how it goes, but I was telling Jordan that it's kind of cool. I became a mom though, when we didn't have iPhones. So I don't even really remember my pre baby body, but also there wasn't as much out there about like mom shaming because it wasn't like where we are now with Instagram by my fourth, all that stuff was pretty well there, but, um, you get a little more confident in my, just like anything in fitness, nutrition, you get more confident and it's easier to decline a cocktail, easier to decline the desserts that's offered to you, the more you practice it. And it's the same, you know, in motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. I like that you bring up that confidence piece. Cause I mean, it doesn't like you going and working out 25 minutes a day for five days a week, like I guess hard to do. Right. And over time, like it might feel easier, but you still have to do it. You still have to block out the time. You still have to show up. You still have to give effort. Like it becomes easier because you're used to it. It's part of your routine. And same goes for like, as you graduate, maybe from like the workout classes to even like going into the gym or graduating into a group class setting or, um, you know, a CrossFit class, insert whatever type of exercise modality that people can kind of graduate to. I'm curious what the transition was once you you know, maybe transitioned out of just doing home workouts? Like what was the Mm -hmm. next step for you? And, um, I'm curious just how, how that was trying something new and then having it stick. Yeah. Um, well I spent, so that I, I started in 2016, April, 2016, 
until through about, it took me about 18 months. I lost all the baby weight, um, doing a lot of restriction with containers. And, and then, you know, you binge for a week and then you go not binge, but you eat really high and you say, forget these things, containers, and then you go back. And so I did that for about 18 months. So, I mean, shout out to extreme calorie restriction and cardio. They do work. I, I lost the weight, but not really as the healthiest method. It also came with a lot of like food obsession and restriction. And, um, the 20 minutes eventually kind of became like 60 minutes and it just had to be more and more and more for me. Um, so then in 2018, I was still working out at home because my kids were still only like two and a half, uh, four and a half, six and a half. And, but I did start picking up dumbbells for the first time because I got to that small weight. I got to 110 pounds and I was like, I just, I thought it would look better. And kind of going back, um, I even had a call yesterday with a potential client, like talking about, uh, women always, we always have more body fat than men. Right. But when you go through almost a decade of pregnancy and breastfeeding, the body fat rates, no matter if you're gaining and losing between each pregnancy, your body fat is just higher um, because you have to add it for the health of the baby, for the health of yourself, to be able to provide nourishment possibly for a year or two, if you choose to breastfeed and then your body fat stays higher as well when you're nursing. And so, um, even if you get to your quote unquote pre-pregnancy weight, it doesn't look the same as it did prior to those pregnancies. Even if you have children, yeah. Like I would say in today's day and age, like I had kids young. Um, so so yeah, it just, and I don't even know where I was going. So shout out. I know I said shout out to that. So I started picking up dumbbells. Um, I only still owned up to a 30 pound dumbbell, but pretty fast within a month I was, well, I did two things. I actually, I had been drinking quite a bit. I stopped drinking for a hundred days and started picking up dumbbells for the first time. I didn't, um, I thought I was maintaining on like 1200 to 1400 calories of food, but I was drinking and that I wasn't accounting for. And I immediately within three weeks had to bump my food to like 1900. And I did totally put on muscle that hundred days because I had never touched anything over eight or 12 pounds. You know, I was doing leg stuff with 12 pounders. Um, and so I didn't gain one pound. I lost like, I lost maybe I think it was four inches in my waist. And I, I totally attribute that to the alcohol. Um, because I didn't lose really, I think I lost maybe three pounds, but it was a lot, but I added lean muscle tissue. And then that turned into like starting to purchase apps from home that were a little more progressive overload style, eventually got a barbell. Um, I did get into group fitness for a while when I was pregnant as a surrogate and going to classes, um, taking spin and did, I did like body pump stuff like that, but you know, you're putting a barbell on your back. And I, um, I mean, I would put a fair amount back there. And then, um, after that pregnancy in 2020, let's say fast forward to 2020, um, I started wanting to do, it started, I started like researching and learning more on my own. Um, and I was, I would like, people would reach out to me all the time too. Cause even then I was like skinny fat, but for a lot of moms, even that seems like, I just wish I could even weigh what I did before kids, you know, you know, so I was in some form or fashions coaching even yeah. back then. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it brings up this, uh, cool point that a lot of people don't appreciate a whole lot, which is body recomposition and how quickly mm -hmm. that can happen for some people, especially, I mean, even someone like yourself, somebody for who even has been training for a year, two years, 10 years until you like intelligently start lifting weights or lifting heavier or start mm -hmm. challenging yourself. There's still a lot of progress to be made in a short period of time when you start changing up those workouts. And I say doing things a little bit more intelligently, like this doesn't have to be a perfect program, but like the act of you 
continuously going into the gym or in your home or even doing class stuff every once in a while, like in picking heavier weights, challenging yourself more, taking it close to failure. There's a lot of progression that could be made in, in a three month stretch, six months, year stretch. Right. And it's kind of cool because once you start to see some of that progress, ironically, it happens a lot quicker than maybe somebody doing like yourself beach body for a whole year. Of course it gets you moving. 25 minutes a day of getting any activity in, I will fucking take every day of the week for anybody. Right. But for sure. You start to yeah. get through these phases where it's like, maybe I want to get more results out of what am I doing instead of, you know, just doing a workout just to cross it off for my, you know, list today, sort of speak. So, um, you bring, a, I bring up this point because body recomposition seemed to happen fairly quick for you. And it just took taking a small change, right? Not drinking yeah. alcohol is a fucking huge one. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I did. You know what else I did? Um, I increased protein to being at every meal, uh, at that time. And I wasn't even progressive at overloading. This was just starting to pick up heavier weight and adding protein and yeah, ditch in the booze. (laughs) Do you, I didn't think you don't really think it's a problem until you're like, well, let me see what it's like without it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm happy you bring those up because you kind of made really three big changes in your life that equated to a huge overhaul in the way you look, the, how you felt, um, the progress that you saw, you know, alcohol. I've talked about alcohol a million times on this podcast. My yeah. know how I feel about it, right? It's <laughs> something you should moderate because a lot of times for people sure. are going to completely eliminate it, but it is probably one of the most harmful things that we could do from a health standpoint. And also even just like a, from like a performance or, uh, um, a physical standpoint, like just sure. the way we look, it can fuck a lot of things. Totally up. recovery, even like yep. it just, it really fucks your recovery for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then increasing your protein consumption mm-hmm. and changing the way that you worked out. And, uh, it's cool because for me and, uh, you know, I work with a lot of women as well. A lot of men too. Um, I know your population, I think is mostly women, but I'm curious yeah. found that this is a similar path or, Um, if women are coming to you, maybe to, like you said, get a, you know, dumbbells in your hands or starting to lift a little bit more, getting more confident, going into the gym on their own. Like, is this a path that you've seen women kind of, cause I I have, but the group classes, the home workouts, the Pinterest workouts to orange theory. And then it's like, oh shit, like maybe I should start lifting more, you know? Yeah. Um, that's definitely how I coach. I actually coach women um, in hypertrophy when I do my one-on-one sessions in person, or if I have what I would call like a, a remote client that does nutrition and programming with me, that's how I'm writing for them. And that's because, you know, that's even what we're talking about was me in 2018. And that still, I just, again, it was just, I never quit. And I kept kind of being like, well, shoot, I'm, I'm given a lot, like, why don't I look like this yet? Or so-and-so yet, you know, it's still silly that you're kind of chasing that, but it's like, and then you just keep learning and getting curious for me. I kept getting curious and then, you know, I get educated in it anyway. So, so now any woman that I, if, if anybody, you know, you want to come to me in a DM and you say, I'm doing group fitness, you know, I've gotten to this point, but the last year I haven't really felt like things have changed. I would absolutely send you in the direction of what's your protein intake. What, what kind talk to me about, okay, you are lifting some weights, but in what, at what rate, you know, are you tracking them? Um, have you ever gone to a gym? So I, I didn't even join an actual gym outside of doing some group fitness until like 18 months ago. And it is a game changer. In fact, I have several clients that will be training at home and I bring up a lot of the all or nothing thinking. I'm like, here's the thing. Could you join a gym and just go to two days? Could you do one of your upper days and one of your lower days in the gym to have access to a leg press and stuff? Because a lot of them are looking for body recomp and I'm like, at home is incredible. I know what you have is great. But if you are really looking to make the most of your time, which most of my clients are moms and we're or just, you know, anyone we're busy. I like, you're not a kid, you're busy. So it's like, we have, we're putting this time aside. Why not be efficient with your time? And that's going to be utilizing some machines and, you know, 
yeah, you have to drive there. Maybe it's like a little less efficient than walking, but I also your training intensity is higher. There, there's just, there's people there and you're not really going to show up to just be like, Meh, I'm going to hang out here today. <laughs> like you're going to work, uh, in my opinion, most people work at a higher level. And I would, and I say that as somebody who trained extraordinarily hard at home and I didn't actually, I was very apprehensive. Like there's no way I'll train harder by entering a gym. Um, and I basically busted my own myth, you know? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, yeah, it just goes to show you that like, usually what you want lies on the other side of doing something that you aren't doing now and something that's scary as fuck in that, especially for women, especially moms, especially, you know, if you, yeah, if you're a past 30, I I would say, especially for my 35 plus ladies, this whole weights thing, finding yourself in the weight section, making ugly faces is scary as fuck. Like it, it's not normal. We didn't hear about it. It's like I said, I spent my entire college years, the times that I did step foot in that gym at UNR on an elliptical machine. You were not in the way I, you know, I held those eight pound dumbbells to get some biceps to take a picture. <laughs> like that's it. And so you, it's, it's really uncomfortable for sure. And you're like, am I even going to recognize this machine? You know? And at the time I was getting my NASM certification when I stepped foot in a gym and I still was scared as fuck. Like the, I'm going to look like a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Which is all like rational. Like and mm-hmm. it's just uh, kind of this preconceived notion that a lot of people can have going into the gym. And for me, like, that's where, again, we you work with a coach, like Sarah's not going to put you in the pendulum fucking first week that you're in the gym. Like there's, there's an element of like, okay, what can we go in? Do we want to stick with dumbbells? If we've never been in there before, can we use a leg extension machine? Like starting and meeting yourself where you're at can do a lot for people getting into the gym. Cause it is very intimidating and not knowing what to do and how much weight to use. Um, that's why of course we're biased, but like working with somebody, even if for a short period of time could be really uh, important and enlightening as you continue to kind of navigate this whole health and fitness pursuit on your own going forward in the future. And, And if you don't have the resources to do that, you get to a gym, like you bet your ass, hopefully those front desk workers can, can show you around, help you, you know, load some of the equipment and, and just give you a decent tour. Right. So, or going with a friend who's, who maybe goes to or, or a husband or something like this doesn't have to be this whole, like super scary, like by yourself experience. And I'd encourage more people um, to just rely on somebody, whatever capacity that you can to kind yeah. of like get your feet feet into the door. And that could be one of the the confidence boosters that you need to continue to stay there and to not fucking hate it every time you go in there too. Totally. I mean, honestly, in my one-on-one set, one of my sessions this week, I was like, okay, so eventually I realized you're not going to come train with me three days. Like, I want that for you. You're obviously like this. There's time is money right now. You know, you're learning and I'm the expert here, but it's, I talk them through like foot placement. You know, this is how to utilize. You could do be in the leg press for four sets, but you can make two sets glute focus, two sets squad focus, and just trying to teach them because I want them. Or even one day they're like, you know, maybe we could just do one session a week. And Sarah, could you write me program for three other days? And I'll go to the gym closer to my house because life gets busy, like seasons. There's just seasons of life, you know? Um, and, and yeah, I think a hundred percent, like having some support somewhere, relying, asking questions, um, you know, you know, whether again, like same with the all or nothing with the trainer thing, like you can work with a trainer one day a week or a couple times, maybe you commit to four, 10 sessions up front and just to get yourself to feel more comfortable and to be also, it's not even, even to see that there's other women in there is good. And will if you won't do it on your own, it's worth the investment. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I, um, you know, I'm looking at my notes here and, and part of the thing that I we're kind of talking around and talking about yeah. is this idea that like, Hey, there's a really common path that a lot of females, especially moms take when it comes to their fitness journey. And a lot of times it comes from a state of like, 
deprivation or not eating enough or wanting to, to see a lower number on the scale, which usually correlates to, again, them not eating a ton, doing a ton of HIIT yeah. training, um, doing only in high intensity stuff, only doing cardio, um, being afraid to eat, like having food aversion, like not focusing on the muscle building part of this equation. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that are important to overcome. Right. And, and as you start to navigate through these different seasons of your fitness life, it's like, okay, maybe you go through the season of deprivation, low carb and hit workouts. And now it's like high protein hit workout carbs before, or, uh, before your yeah. training. And now it's like high carb, high protein hit, hit training one day a week in the gym. And then before you know it, you're doing four days a week in the gym, but along the way, there's always going to be these little barriers. And, and one thing that I find for a lot of women, especially is the barrier to get into the gym in the first place completely removes them from that you know, season that they could get to, which ironically is probably going to be in their best interest. And one of the things that's going to help them get to the results that they're trying to see, even if it's not five days a week, hypertrophy training, not something I even recommend to most people, even if it's one or two days a week, like you alluded to and doing your Pilates or your yoga or your group training classes, like just building on that could just be really life-changing for a lot of people. I think so too. Um, a hundred percent. And it's, um, you know, it's also like confidence boosting because you're now capable of a new way of moving your body in addition to all the ways that you already love, you know, like I love, and I still love it, cardio and running, but those were like a priority to me for a long time. I still can go out and do those things anytime I want. But also now if I, if my 14 year old broke his leg, I could put the kid on my back and carry him out. And I couldn't have done that if I had just stayed running. I mean, or it would be a lot less likely and it would have been more difficult. You know, I I mean, I don't know how many moms can say that about their 14 year old. And I, that's directly attributed to lean, you know, adding muscle and being willing to not be scared forever about, I mean, I fully thought like it was crazy that women would lift big weight on their upper body. I was like, why? Like I, it it was almost like repulsive to me. So, I mean, anything is possible. I think as long as you're willing to try or be curious. And I do try to say that to, you know, sometimes it's like with my clients, I'm like, let's just spin this. Like, could we be curious? You know, I push people actually a lot on alcohol. Like, let's be curious. Like, if you just tried 60 days, I'm not even saying let's, let's actually figure out how for you to moderate it. Cause it's a part of your life, but let's try 60 days without it. So then it's actually a lot easier to go into moderating it because when you introduce it back in, you're like, Oh, my sleep did really suffer or yeah, I, I didn't work out as well the day after I chose to have two glasses of wine at this birthday party for my friend, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, it creates an awareness and then you're in more control of making these decisions, you know, and it's the same about being willing to get strong. Like it's okay that you feel scared or have the assumption that women could get bulky, but have you tried it and committed to trying it for 60 days or six months even before you've really made like a firm decision about what it's like and same getting into a gym you know, a couple of days. Again, I'm totally in agreement with you. Like if you love to hike, if you love yoga, if you love meeting your girlfriends on Saturday to take a hit class, do in, figure out how to include that too. But, um, you know, I, I would argue we definitely as aging women, which is who I coach. And I definitely, you know, quote unquote would put myself there. I, I, you know, it sounds funny to say that, but really shoot over 35. We are and that, you know, take that for what it is, but, um, resistance training is where it's at for, yeah, for that demographic. Totally. Yeah. I'm, uh, happy you, you know, said that older women is very subjective, uh, to me, like forties sure. are the new twenties nowadays. Am I? Oh opinion. yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's easy for a 28 year old dude to say that, um, <laughs> but I'm happy you related the kind of the alcohol and just like desensitizing yourself to it or experimenting with trying going off of it. It's the same with like lifting and uh, resistance training, this hypertrophy training that we're talking about. And I don't want people to sit here and think that like, oh, you shouldn't do cardio or you shouldn't, you know, have 
have oh, fun. Like yeah. you said, doing a class on Saturdays with the girls, like, of course you should do that if you like that. And there's all these unique benefits that come from that. But when it comes to resistance training, man, it's just, it's kind of in a class of its own, especially for a female. And you said older female, not my, not my words. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, you know, as we kind of like wrap up this episode of what is the main benefits that you kind of talk to about your clients or things that you've seen and and why women honestly of all ages, but especially older women should prioritize resistance training um, and make that a priority in their life as they continue to kind of age. Like what, what comes to mind? Yeah. I, I mean, I think for postpartum women, they are hyper aware of their body composition, whether they know that term or not. Um, and that is done with resistance training. You know, I mean, you could use me as an example. I got there. I got all the weight off, but I was like, oh, this doesn't look that great, you know? Um, and so, you know, I actually weigh more now, but I have a lot more muscle on my body. And that's because of resistance training. Um, just your capability of what you can do like with your children and, and also even like, you know, if you are a mom, like modeling, you know, in fact, my 14 year old son will be like, mom, wear those shorter shorts. So we can, so like your thighs are nice mom. And you're modeling that kind of cool stuff to young men that are in your family that like, you know, women can be strong. And, um, to my daughter as well, you know, uh, you know, boys is cool because they're going to grow up seeking a certain type of woman. And a lot of times that type of woman is similar to their mother, but to have your daughter, you know, my daughter's in gymnastics and I love it because it's a strength base, but, um, but then, you know, just thinking beyond like ahead of our years, right? Like when I'm 65, I have so many memories of like, even my own mom, like it just wasn't a part of their generation. And that it's so sad that it wasn't because, you know, here in Reno, like in winter, every time there's ice on the ground, even I'm scared to walk out there, but I know I could recover fast. I might be slipped out for two days and like my hip doesn't feel great or something, but just like protecting yourself from aging in a way. Um, and again, like, what are you capable of? If you add it in, you're capable of a lot more, you know, Mount Rose, maybe you only want to hike to mile six because you don't feel capable to get to the top, but you start strength training and you, you know, do some badass bitch shit in the gym. And you're like, I'm going to go to that peak this year. You know, <laughs> like there's just, it bleeds into a lot, in my opinion, into your mindset, into body composition, into not being scared to age. That's like a real thing, you know? Um, I think in the female world, even though, yes, I agree. 40 is the new 20. I know a shout out to the eighties babies. We're doing just fine ladies. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, the list is endless and I, I wrote a few words down as you were kind of going through, but to kind of recap a little bit, what you said, um, being a role model, I think is huge, especially as a mom in and again, not speaking for everybody here, but in general, the trends that we've seen, especially from generation to generation, mm -hmm. you know, the moms that are in their thirties, forties, fifties, fuck, even myself, two people, my age, like our parents. And again, not their fault or not like totally. placing the blame on anyone here, but like there was an image in a time where it was like restriction being thin, like beauty standards were very different when they were growing up. And a lot of times that bled into the habits and the things that kids picked up when they were in the house, right? There's so many stories of, of girls when they're 12, 13, 14, afraid to eat a fucking apple or his mom's low carb or doing weight watchers right now. And she's trying to fit into a swimsuit for their vacation coming up. And again, like not, not saying that there's shame around that, like people did what they had to do and and what, what, what they, they know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. exactly. exactly. What you know and what you're exposed to controls how you live more than we'd like to believe. <laughs> yeah, totally. So the whole role model thing, I think is really important. We could talk for an hour on that, but just this idea of like, Hey, your daughter, your son's seeing mom, like fit as fuck, like strong as fuck and like confident as fuck because they're lifting weights and they're doing things that are maybe quote unquote against the norm. Even though I feel like we're our generations right now are mm -hmm. making a push to 
maybe change the narrative with some of this stuff. So um, confidence is huge. Vanity driven reasons. Like I will never be somebody that shits on somebody for wanting to look better naked or, or, or having, you know, vanity driven goals and wanting to change your physique. Of course, I think that's part of the equation, right? Like if that's somebody's only motivation, like maybe, maybe yeah. there's some directions that we could talk about or explore that might not, you know, make that the only focal point, but kind of in this conversation that we're talking about today is like all the internal things that resistance training can do. And this fight against fragility that you kind of bought up, right? Like being more independent and more mobile. And if we look at like mm -hmm. resistance training as a whole, especially in the female population, we, you kind of mentioned like slipping and falling, like bone density and how strong yeah. bones are as we get older is really important. And unfortunately, you know, you said aging, right. But like aging a little bit more like gracefully sure, but delaying some of these things that naturally happen as we hit. Totally. 40, yeah. You know? Especially so. for, especially for women, for mm -hmm. everyone, but women we're just, that's where like the whole becoming an aging woman kind of comes to play is what I mean. You know, like by 35, we are just losing muscle mass. How can we slow that resistance training, eating protein, showing up to get strong as fuck instead of skinny as fuck. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The bone mass, like, yeah. Muscle mass, you know, percentages decrease yeah, bone muscle, mass. Yeah. Your bone, I think is like 3% or something crazy every year, you every year after 40 or 50. So it's terrifying, you know, and like resistance training is one of the things that we could do to maintain muscle mass, put stress on our bones. And again, like be 80 years old and still doing everything that we did that when we were 60 years old, you know, and it's, um, it's just something to keep in the back of our mind. It's not as sexy as, you know, maybe looking better or, or, um, being yeah. a model as, you know, for your kids, as much as those are important as well. Right. They all have these little, a ton of my clients come to me and mention the role model thing yep. and just mention like, like, that's the thing, like on the flip side, like I've said, the aging woman thing, like we're fucking young. Like, look, I have braces at 38 or I got them on. I'm 39 now because I was like, fuck, I got these teeth for another 50 years and I'm still unhappy with them. I haven't ever had braces. So like, also we're young. And so as you start to realize, like I have a role to continue to play in my kid's life. Also one day I am going to be 60 or 70, which is actually not that old. <laughs> And do I want my kids to have to be helping me in 20 years? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not maybe, you know, I'm cool. If I hit 90 and they got to help me do things cool. Like I feel okay about that, but I, I mean, much before that, I want them to have their life and get to be present for their kids and, and, you know, all the things, you know, get to write their own story and not have to be like, excuse me, mom needs your help. I, I can't you know, it snowed. Can you come shovel my snow or whatever types of things, you know, that means a couple of them, Luke got to stay here. Like we, we were talking about off air and it's a good city, Reno. So. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And that's a, yeah, that's a good point. Cause a lot of us, we should be doing this for ourselves. This meaning like taking care of yourself, improving your health, you know, uh, resistance training, lifting, working out. Like we do that for ourselves first. Ironically, it Im impacts everybody around us as well. And mm -hmm. the deeper we get into this, the more confident that we feel doing this, like, again, the more the quality of your life is going to improve. And then also the quality of life of the people around you as well at some level is as long as these things are being done in a good headspace and, 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 you know, you're kind of keeping in mind that like, we're doing this to create a better version of ourselves instead of like tearing ourselves down that so many people get caught in. Oh my in. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is the coolest part about coaching women, um, to get better fed and to actually like plan meals. You know, I do a lot of like kind of meal timing with my ladies, um, and getting them more, you know, switching to lifting their confidence over the course, uh, especially some clients. I have some specific clients in mind that have been with me for like six to 10 months. And, uh, it is, the, the, like their check-in, the insecurity in their check-in one compared to like now just six or nine months later is astronomical. And it's not even that their scale has changed that much. It's that their habits, right. And like what they're choosing to do and take action in is so confidence boosting as you continue to do it, it 
changes your brain to realizing like, oh, I am capable of a shit ton. And the number on the scale doesn't really have anything to do with my actions. Yep. I mean, it does, but like, it's just not as it's not, you know, the biggest factor in what creates all that confidence at all. You know, some of them, the number really hasn't changed at all, but their confidence and their capabilities are through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we could go on forever about the benefits of resistance training, but kind of concluding on this idea that it's like also super good for your mental health too, from a confidence standpoint, your ability to show up and do hard things and lift hard things and get stronger does a number for your mental health. I know mental health is a very broad, you know, word and sentence, but it's true. You're being able to like show up and do things and get more confident and see visual changes and feel better. Like again, can just put you in a headspace that can make this more sustainable. And again, bleed into the people's lives around you, but also just make your life way better than maybe, you know, than your life compared to it without any lifting or without any exercise. And that's kind of what we're getting at here is like, lifting it all is going to be important and there's different ways to do it, but doing it at all is really the thing that we want people to kind of remember here and, and make a priority as they continue working towards better health and fitness. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Tell people, I know you got to be somewhere here in a second, but uh, pick up kids and do mom shit again, but I uh, know. <laughs> tell the audience where they can find you, follow you, any, any other things you want to plug and uh, yeah. I'll that all in the show notes as well. But awesome. I would love that. Um, I, you know, it's so funny. I'm having like an intensive building a website this weekend. So I will give that to you, uh, maybe before this is out, but, um, I have a kind of a fun, I've thought about changing my name, but it's always, it's a fun Instagram name. So shoot me up in DMS there and it'll link more to my website and stuff. Um, so I'm lift.tacos run.nachos Sarah Karn spelled like carne asada. Um, and I'm always on there chatting to women, um, trying to make an impact in this mindset shift and, um, you know, showing, showing my ugly faces and all the food I'm eating. So (laughs) best Instagram Uh, handle in the game. No question. To be, I'll tell you what the coaches are actually the reason that I won't change my name every time I'll like pop on people's lives randomly. And it's always a coach and they'll be, they'll stop their life. They'll be like, that's the best Instagram handle I've ever seen. And I'm like, I have to keep this Instagram handle because it doesn't say like Sarah Karn fitness or something, but I'm like, you know what? And actually we're, we created a logo and it's like a chick with a bicep and she's curling a taco. So it'll be cool. Yeah. (laughs) When you get that website developed, I'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. Okay. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. This was fun. You're welcome. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.